officially came here in 2014, okay. and I've been going back and forth between the states and here. Mm -hmm. um, I came here for an internship, and I started clerking at the courthouse. Mm -hmm. Then I was hired as a bailiff, okay. and now I'm a court reporter slash bailiff slash judicial assistant. Okay. So basically, whatever they need me to do, yeah. I can do it. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. So you said that you're sick? I am sick, yeah. This I, weather yeah. is awful. It is pretty bad, yeah. I think I just have the, the, cold, the cold bug that's going around, so yeah. Um, well, at least you don't have the flu, That's which true. is going yeah. around. A few people in our office had it last week, and they were kind of out of commission for a few days. So, yeah, I was glad, glad I didn't get that. I heard that, like, this was a year that it was the worst year ever for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad, real bad. Yeah, well, and this weather isn't helping. No, it's pretty warm today, though. It's warming up, I guess. It's, uh, let's see, what is it outside right now? I was just walking outside, and I actually thought, wow, it's pretty warm out. Uh, and it's 29. Yeah. It's 29 degrees. And yeah. my family back at home in Louisiana, they're like, oh, my God, it's so cold. It's 30. Yeah, yeah try one degree. Yeah. One degree. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. When it's 29, I guess when it was negative 5, 29 seems pretty darn good. So Kick out, kick, kick out your, um, what's it, flip-flops yeah. and Daisy Dukes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, hi, Connectors. Welcome to another episode of Connected to the Podcast. I am here with Corbin Lee at Gutwine Law. Hi, Corbin. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good. Yeah. How's your day going? Uh, not too bad. Yeah, it's pretty good today. Yeah, not too busy? Uh, yeah, not too busy. Uh, busy enough, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's always good. Making money, maybe, kind yeah, of, sort of? hopefully. Yeah. Well, we are here with Corbin Lee, as I said before. He is a business attorney, business attorney, business attorney. That was kind of hard. Business attorney here at Gutwine Law in Lafayette, Indiana. And what do you do here? You work on startup law. Mm -hmm. What else do you do here? Yeah, so uh, I'm a corporate attorney. Uh, I work with small to medium-sized businesses. Um, and a lot of attorneys in our firms, what we act as general counsel. So um, you know, if there, there's an issue with a company and they, you know, need, they, whether it's employment law or, uh, you know, really anything, uh, you know, we'll help them out with those issues. Uh, me personally, I do a lot of work with startups, uh, help them, you know, with formation, raising capital. Uh, and then I also do some immigration work as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's, we should talk about that a little bit because I hear this DACA thing. Oh, yeah. March is coming up. Yeah. But before all of that, sure. let's still talk about you. Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Northwest Indiana, uh, so not too far from here. Uh, I grew up in a town uh, called Wheeler. That's uh, very close to like Portage and Valparaiso, Indiana. So okay. about 20 minutes from Lake Michigan. Um, okay, so it's kind of cold. I'm yeah, it is cold. Uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty cold. Yeah, it's called the region. Oh, I don't know. You're, you're not from because you're not, not from Indiana, so you're not I'm aware. Not. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. So the uh, region. Yeah, the region. Please so. explain. Uh, it's just <laughs> the region. Oh, geez. Um, it's just an area up north, uh, generally considered mostly Lake County, and then some parts of Porter County as well. 
we like to consider we're we're on Central Time, and we like to consider ourselves as part of Chicago. Oh, yeah, it's really stupid. But, y'all are the uh, weird people. Yeah, yeah, we are the weird people. Yeah, yeah. I had a um, I went somewhere in Stark County. And I think mm. they are also Central Time. They are, yeah. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, I'm still in the Midwest, but I'm on Louisiana Time, mm-hmm. Central Time. Yep. Yeah, that's quite weird. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, where I'm from, we're on Central Time as well. Okay. Yeah. So how is life growing up in the region? It's great. Uh, yeah, went, went to a lot of uh, Chicago sporting events mm-hmm. and... Uh, Enjoyed a lot of deep dish pizza and things oh, like that. And Giordano's. Yeah. Yeah. I love Giordano's. Um, so, yeah, life was great growing up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned, I live pretty close to the beach. So, it's just a quick uh, drive and we go to Lake Michigan all the time. So, a lot of fun. Huh. The beach. That seems quite out of place. The beach. Yeah. If, if, I mean, if you haven't really been to Lake Michigan, it's, no. it's kind of crazy how. Um, how big it is, right? So when you're there, you really, at least I think, you feel somewhat like you're at the ocean. It's really nice. Huh, but it's a lake. <laughs> but it is a lake, yeah. Uh, you can't see the other side, I can guarantee it. Wow. You can see Chicago, but uh, you actually Aww. can't see the other side. So I bet that's nice, though. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. So do you have any siblings? I do. I have one sister. Yeah. She's yeah. older than I am. Okay, that's nice. I'm an older sister. Okay. If I do say so myself, we're quite nice people looking out for our little brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a good person. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in the region. Did you pursue any arts or sports? Yeah, I, I did some arts. I, I, was in, I was in one musical in high school. Which uh, was? I was in Greece. Okay. Uh, I played Danny Zuko. Um, and then uh, I was in another play. Uh, but not not as much the arts as you know sports and as my extracurricular mm-hmm. uh, growing up. So, what sports did you play? Uh, yeah, played football, basketball, and baseball. So, okay. Yeah. What was your favorite? Football. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, I was gonna say sports team, NFL team. Oh, the Bears. Yeah. What? Yeah. Who that? Yeah. Saints all oh, day. Oh, Saints. Yeah, I do like Drew Brees. Yeah. He's a Purdue guy. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You said Chicago, so of course the Bears. Yeah, definitely the Bears, so. What about baseball? The Cubs. I know nothing, nothing about baseball, so that means nothing. The Cubs or the Sox? Yes, it's, yeah, the White Sox, yeah. I I mean, I I genuinely uh, enjoy both teams, but if I had to give one, it'd be the Cubs. All right, fine. Yeah. All right, so you grew up in the region, you played sports, you have a sister, mm-hmm. and then you went off to college. Sure did. Yeah, where'd you go? I went to Purdue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, and what'd you study at Purdue? I studied uh, business and uh, focused on corporate finance. Why? Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think at the time, uh, you know, that's just kind of what my my parents, you know, kind of pushed me towards one way, and then... Uh, just kind of grew to enjoy. I like numbers, um, and so yeah, just kind of fell into it. So you're probably wondering why I asked 
why yeah like such because there's that joke attorneys hate math we oh, are yeah. attorneys because we don't do math right i am one of those people mm-hmm. so in school like in grade school were you really good at math i mean i wasn't exceptional but i was fairly good yeah all right yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you st- <coughs> sorry <coughs> sorry you studied corporate finance Correct. And management. Correct. Because you like math mm-hmm. or something of the sort. Correct. Did you have to study like a, I don't know, quantitative or no, I don't know what no, it's called. No, 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 none of that. Yeah. No, just simple. It was mostly, uh, you know, just understanding financial statements. And then um, uh, we, we did some statistics as well, I think, with, uh, it's been a while since mm-hmm. I graduated from college. Uh don't remind me. Yeah, but, yeah, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so, like, while you were in school, you figured, maybe I should be an attorney, or why did you become an attorney? What compelled you? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've, always, I've always felt like I've wanted to be an attorney. I always felt like it's a very noble calling. Um, you know, as attorneys, people place, they come to us when they're in their you know, worst state in their worst position, right? And right. and they come to us and they look for advice. And I just thought, man, that's that's really cool. So when I was in college and even before, I'd always kind of had that plan to go to law school. Um, you know, I just thought that was so cool. There was a guy, there was a guy uh, uh, that I knew growing up, and his dad was an attorney, and he just always had kind of that, um, I don't know, that cool feel around him that. Hey, if if you have a question or something's bad, you can go to this guy and he's gonna he's gonna help you out. And I and I think I thought that was really cool. And as I've been practicing, I haven't been practicing for a very long time, but for a few years I have. I mean, it it happens right with family members and mm-hmm. um, with uh, just friends. They just come to you because they yes. think you are you know, wise, everything, and, and you know everything, and you really don't. But generally, you can give people. Uh, a fairly good answer, and I, I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a really neat thing about being an attorney. Yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah. Um, one of the judges I work for, he said an attorney should be a problem solver. So I, I would have to agree. We have to know, I guess, a lot yeah. to be a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So you are a business attorney. <gasps> Why does someone need you? Yeah, so um, as a business attorney, you know, we, our role is to basically take, you know, act as that problem solver and take those issues that you have with your business and uh, allow you to not have to think and worry about those. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of our attorneys here, specifically as a business attorney, I'm a transactional attorney, um, so, you know, I'm not going to court and litigating issues, right? Um, but, you know, if someone's doing a deal or some sort of transaction and they need somebody to, you know, watch out for uh, watch out for their back, make sure that they're not taking on too much liability if it's in an M&A transaction. Um, or if they're buying property, right, making sure that um, they're not taking it subject to a bunch of uh, liens or, or you know, whatever, easements or whatever. So, um, you know, our job is to, as a business attorney, is to make sure that people are making good decisions um, and, and, and treating their investment well um, 
and so that's why they would you know need me or somebody else at our firm or really any other transactional attorney. And to read all the fine print. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> read a lot of a lot of fine print, and we also write a lot of fine print. But yeah, I think for the most part, I, I you know we we try not to do that too much um, because you know <clears throat> people people want to be able to understand you know what a document says. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because if you think about like these big companies, and you'll hear even like at Purdue, general counsel at Purdue or any company, big company, you'll hear general counsel. And so I've always wondered, well, what is general counsel? And then when I came across you and I saw he's a business attorney, he does startup law and mergers mm-hmm. and acquisitions and general counsel. Do you also act, I guess you are the business attorney for, let's say, Purdue, if you were on their general counsel, right? Part of their general counsel. Yeah, I mean, so it'd be slightly different, right? Because, you know, with Purdue or any other entity, they're going to have in-house counsel acting as their general counsel. And then um, perhaps, you know, they'll have an attorney that they'll go to outside of the firm uh, that can act as kind of in that general counsel role. Uh, and then a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll try to get people to a specialist if, if there's a specific area where it's really this niche area of law. So, but yeah. Do you have a niche or your favorite type of law? Yeah, it's, it's probably kind of falling into that, you know, that startup industry, right? Uh, just being able to uh, talk to people and explain to them because we understand the industry, um, what's kind of market, um, that would probably be where it mostly falls. Mm-hmm. So startup law, mm-hmm. when do I know or when will somebody know or when should they know to contact an attorney or retain a, an attorney? Yeah, um, people ask me this question all the time. I think um, once, once you're putting, if you have a product, right, uh, and you're putting that product to market, uh, you're going to start taking on some liability. And so at that point, you need to think, well, should I have some sort of formal entity uh, in place, right? That's going to help shield some of that liability. That would be one reason if you have a product. Um, I think, two, if you have partners, right? Uh, you have, maybe you have a partner. Maybe it's a friend you've known your whole life. Well, what does that relationship look like in the company, mm-hmm. right? Um, if, if I'm bring, in this business with my friend and... Uh, you know, who owns what in the company, and then what happens if he decides to go away, uh, and now I'm working uh, for, for his behalf. Mm-hmm. So thinking through those types of things, uh, so when you have multiple part- partners getting in place some sort of operating agreement or bylaws or whatever organizational documents you need in the company, uh, that's another uh, time uh, when you definitely need to start looking at getting an attorney. Uh, I think also when you're raising capital um, from investors and making sure that you understand what the debt instrument or or the the instrument that you're using in that particular round, you know what what it is, what what its functions are, how it works. I think that's another time when you want to make sure you're focusing on uh, you know getting some sort of startup attorney. Okay. Yeah. Um, you said some things in your answer that we'll come back to, um, but right now let's pause and talk a little bit more about you. Sure. What do you like to do on an everyday basis? Like, when yeah. you leave home, you're going to close up your computer. What mm-hmm. do you 
do for fun? Uh, go home and then respond to emails. No, mm -hmm. uh, I like to I like to do I like to work on the house. Uh, so my wife and I we bought a early 20th century home here in town, cool. and we're slowly but surely kind of renovating the whole thing. Um, so that's one thing that I enjoy to do. Uh, I also uh, enjoy craft beer, so going to craft yes. beer festivals and things like that uh, is always always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I did some snooping. I'm a stalker, Shade. Yeah. I saw that you like to cook. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do like to cook. Um, is that on our website or yes. something? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I do like to cook. We just uh, just recently got a one of those meal delivery oh, yeah. uh, packages. I got the purple carrot one. Oh, I, I use Blue Apron. Yeah, yeah, Blue Apron. Yeah, my wife, she has some uh, allergies, so uh, the purple carrot one. But, yeah, I love to cook. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I What's like your it. favorite dish? Oh, favorite dish to make? Mm hmm that I usually make. Um, I got a smoker about two years ago. Ooh, um, nice. And so I really enjoy you know, smoking ribs or just like a roast of some sort uh, or shoulder. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I've really enjoyed cooking. Um, other than that, it's just I, I love uh, cooking like skirt steak or flank steak. Um, making making fajitas. Yeah, it's not that good. I mean, I'm not that great what? of a cook. I just enjoy it. Um, You're naming all the things I will never attempt to yeah, make. Yeah, yeah. It's not too, not too, not too difficult. So, but yeah. Okay, that's you're a pretty cool guy. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I can enjoy a good craft beer myself. Yeah. Yeah. And especially around here, they're pretty good breweries. Yeah, and there's there's quite a few um, that are that are starting up. Uh, around here as well, which Are is you really helping? neat. Might be. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, yeah I, I've been hearing um, there are a few I, people I met around town who are starting some businesses, um, breweries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you said your house is 20th century. Early, early 20th century. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm living next door to a house. That was part of the Underground Railroad. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So this whole town is pretty historic, right? Yeah, there's a lot of cool, a lot of cool history, for mm -hmm. sure, in town. Yeah. All right. So now let's get back to business law. Sure. Um, so you talked about startup law. And if you have a product or selling a product, how do I know... Mm, how do I know what I should, well, how do I know what I need for my product? Like I, there are copyrights, there are trademarks, there are patents. So what do I use and when do I use them? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, with those three sets of uh, IP law, which I'd even add a fourth of trade secrets. Mm. Um, so we can protect IP as well. Um, it, it really just depends you know, what, <clears throat> what, what your product is and what you're selling. Um, so say, for example, you're starting a startup company and your product is some sort of mix of metals. Just go with that. Okay. Um, in that instance, right, I mean, you're, you're probably not going to be able to get a patent on it. You're not. 
uh, trademark's not going to do you any good, and a copyright's not going to do you any good. So the way you're going to protect your, your product in that instance is through a trade secret, right? So, you know, making sure that you're getting NDAs in place, um, you know, signing confidentiality agreements. Um, so I'd say the, the big thing there is you really want to focus on, you know, what type of product you have. And then in, in, in most instances, we can, we can say, okay, well, you have this type of product and this type of IP protection will probably work for you. So, you know, if you're writing a novel, right, and, and your startup is, you know, perhaps, I don't know, that's kind of a weird startup, but <laughs> maybe you're, you're doing some sort of, there's some, there's some sort of hockey stick growth in regards to your, uh, your novel writing, whatever, tech. Um, in that instance, uh, with your novel writing, you know, you're probably going to look at a copyright, right? Okay. Um, and then, you know, as you start to grow your business, a lot of times, uh, you know, you start creating this brand recognition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, that's when you want to start looking at, okay, I need to get these, maybe I need to get my, my name trademarked, right? Um, or even before you even get to that point, you might want to look at getting a trademark. Um, and then finally, you know, uh, the last thing would be patents. So, you know, if, if you have a product that is patentable, um, then, you know, you want to look at, you know, can I get a patent for it? And then is that patent going to be beneficial for me, you know, moving down in the future? So what is a patentable product? Um, well, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. So uh, we, w- we want to look at, you know, whether uh, the product is, is, is novel, uh, so whether it's new. Um, we want to look at, uh, you know, whether uh, there's, there's any other patents that, it, that, it, uh, that might have precedent b- before it. That uh, kind of goes along with that as well. Um, but, uh, you know, patenting is not necessarily my, uh, it's not my specialty. So okay, I can't understand. provide, you know, too much context there, but yeah. Yeah, I think patent attorneys, like, they're on their own, like, level. Because I think... Well, it's just, it, it, it's a special, it's a special area of law. Yeah. Uh, it's just specialized. Um, and so, uh, our firm, we do have patent attorneys. Um, I think we have four or five. Um, and, you know, whenever I'm working with a company and they have some sort of patent questions, you know, we're always able to pull those people in and, mm-hmm. and just have them be able to answer those questions. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of respect for patent attorneys because from what I've heard and I think what I know, um, they have to have had a, um, a bachelor's in some type of engineering or something. Yeah, generally it's a... Uh, either a bachelor's or a, or a master's in a STEM field, mm-hmm. um, and you actually don't necessarily need a bachelor's. I think you need like forty hours or something like that in a in STEM field, um, and then I think you can qualify for the patent bar as well. Okay, well that's good to know. Yeah, I don't think I'll be doing that. Yeah, I'm yeah done probably. with school. Yeah. <laughs> me as well. <laughs> well, um, you also talked about. Um, mergers and acquisitions. So that's when, well, I, I don't know anything about business law. So you tell me, what is a merger? Yeah. So a merger is, you know, we're taking two companies and we're merging them together. Um, plain and simple. Plain and simple. Um, and an acquisition would be, okay, 
I'm company X or maybe I'm just a buyer, um, an individual, uh, and I want to buy, um, you know, company Y and then take it over and run it as my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I recently heard, maybe two weeks ago now, Disney bought Fox. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for us Disney lovers and what does yeah. that mean for Fox lovers? Yeah, I, I worked on that deal. So oh, I, what? I'm kidding. No, right? I was like, what? Whoa. No, yeah. uh, some guy in New York billing $2,000 an hour did. Um, so, I mean, so from Disney, from their perspective, I think that they were trying to, I, mean, I, I don't have any insight on the deal, but my understanding would be that Disney was trying to get uh, some access into regional cable networks for sports. Uh, and then it also allowed them to acquire some of the, um, uh, the the news as well, and then also the uh, the Marvel and all those oh, other right. types of characters. So, but I think the big thing was the regional news networks um, that Fox has. So, like Fox Sports Midwest oh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we're gonna start seeing Disney, no, not Disney, Mickey Mouse running across the screen. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if I'm a small business and let's say, I don't know, Facebook, Face, Facebook likes to buy things, um, how, how can I leverage myself? <coughs> um, Instead of them just saying, we're going to buy, I don't care what you say, we'll give you a million dollars, we are buying your company. You could say no. I mean, I mean that would... I mean, to some extent, it, it, I mean, obviously, you can, so one way you could obviously say no, uh, <laughs> and then they could say, no, we really want it, and they come back with a, with a higher price, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can also leverage your company, though, making sure that you're, you know, protecting your intellectual property so that if Facebook comes in and they're doing due diligence and they see, well, there's none of this stuff is protected, we could just go take it, which there would probably be, hopefully be some agreement in place that would stop them from doing that, but... Um, you know, so just making sure that, you know, you, that you have some, uh, monopoly over your good or service, or your product, whatever it is, uh, through, you know, uh, some intellectual property protection. Um, but when it's, when it's companies at large, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you got to look at, is the money worth it where it's <laughs> enough where it's like, yeah, I I'm good. I'll just walk away. You right. know, let's move on. Yeah. And then I'll start investing in companies. Yeah. Yeah. If Facebook, hello, Facebook, if you ever want to buy, like, ah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But I've always wondered, like, I've heard even, like, little mom and pop shops um, get bought out by, I don't know, some big brand. And then, you know, you start crying for the mom and pop because that's who we really want to see in our community. And I just wonder, like, well, is there something that they can do? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, every deal is obviously going to be specific. If, you know, if it's the mo- mom and pop shop and we're worried about this, you know, some issue of quality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think of craft beer. Right. Um, because, you know, <clears throat> a lot of times as craft beer people, we always think, oh, man, like, you know, Budweiser yeah, AB InBev purchases mm-hmm. brewery, they're going to go uh, down the toilet. But, you know, if if you, you know, are able to, if, if you're not fully selling and you're not fully out of the picture, 
um, and maybe there's some sort of earnout considerations where you know you as the person uh, who's ran it for all these years is able to kind of sit on top of the company for a while and still um, have some control or you know if you're involved in the board or something like that I mean um, I don't know if that's in the in the leverage space but I think if you're looking to maybe continue that quality or something like that, mm-hmm. or what the, the business is known for, um, you can provide that insight. And you're just saying that like that's part of, like um, you said the word earlier, now I can't think of it, um, part of your organizing documents, like those... Yeah, I mean, that would be in an acquisition uh, context, right? But yeah, still being able to have... Um, if you're going to be staying with the company, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be within some sort of organizational documents like your your bylaws or um, or something like that. Yeah. I see. Depending on the type of company you are, but yeah. Okay. And so we also hear like company, corporation, or LLC, or LP. Can you give like a brief description of the difference between a corporation and LLC and mm-hmm. an LLP. Yeah. Um, so, I, so first off, I'd say that the two most widely used are corporations and LLCs. Um, LLPs, I'll just kind of briefly talk about those. Those are generally used, um, and they're not used very widely anymore. You, you, you usually see them maybe at a law firm level, um, or you might see them uh, in a fund structure as well. Um, so, but for an everyday person trying to start a business, they're probably not going to look at an LLP. They'll look at an LLC or a corporation, which um, has similar, LLC has similar characteristics. Um, so, the, you know, the big difference between a corporation and an LLC is taxation. Mm. Um, and so with a corporation, uh, you're subject to double taxation. So the company, uh, the entity as, a, as, as itself is taxed. Uh, and then when it makes dividends, pays out dividends to uh, the individual shareholders, it's taxed again. Um, in an LLC, it's generally treated as a pass-through entity. So um, if you know I make money, uh, whatever funds that the company makes, that's just going to pass through onto the individual uh, member. There's some also some different lingo uh, between the two. So, you know, in a corporation, uh, my main document is going to be called bylaws, mm-hmm. whereas in an LLC, we're going to call it an operating agreement. Members instead of shareholders, um, you know, units or membership interests instead of shares. So those are uh, some of the other differences as well. Um, also, in a corporation, the formalities are uh, much stricter, right? So we have to have a president, we have to have a secretary, we have to have a board of directors. Whereas in an LLC, um, it's really, I mean, the name of the statute in Indiana, I think it's called, it's not even called the LLC Act. It's called, I think, the Indiana Business Flexibility Act. Hmm. And with that, the main thing there is that, you know, LLCs are extremely flexible. Um, And so outside of corporations, um, which are not, so in an LLC, you know, we can have it. We can have a board of managers. We can set it up just like we would with a corporation, mm-hmm. um, or we can, you know, just have a general manager um, who's just that's it, and it's just the one person and they're running the show. Um, and so, yeah. And, and the other thing too is, you know, more specific to startups, right? Um, corporations are generally favored uh, are more favored by venture capitalists because. Um, 
you know, they don't have to, they're more formal. So, you know, a lot of the things, uh, you know, they don't have these weird organizational structures. There's no pass-through taxation, mm-hmm. like what we'd see with the LLC. Um, and so a lot of times, if, if you're a startup, um, a lot of times you'll kind of push towards that, that corporate structure as opposed to the LLC. Um, so is a partnership like the same thing as a LLP? Or? Uh, no, so a partnership, a general partnership, would just be um, a product of, uh, you know, as we learned in law school, two or more people carrying on a business for profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't actually have to do any sort of state filing with a partnership. With an LLP, there's, there's an actual state filing. I see. Yeah. Okay. So small business owners, partnership or corporation? No, uh, small business owners... Probably going to be looking at an LLC. Okay. LLC, yeah. And not a corporation. Yeah, I mean, there may be a benefit to, corp- to a corporation. Um, you know, you can always file an S-corp election. But I, I think from... Um, I think it'll, it could potentially... The, the, uh, the, the issue that has always been is that the high corporate tax rates. But, you know, with the cuts, I think you could potentially see more owners forming as corporations. Also, two corporations are so formal, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm just a small business owner, I don't need to have a board of directors. I don't need to have, you know, president, secretary, and treasurer. I, I can just have, you know, just one person be in charge. So, you know, generally, we'll push them to an LLC just because it's, it's very simple. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll generally push them towards that. All right, I see. That makes sense. And you were talking about tax liability, and we often hear so and so, this company so and so owes the IRS millions of dollars. How can a business owner or corporation or LLC avoid that? Avoid that? Uh, pay their taxes. <laughs> plain um, simple. Yeah, plain and simple. Pay your taxes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you can I think you can avoid you know whether it's IRS issues or just general legal or accounting or whatever issues, I think you can always avoid that <clears throat> by surrounding yourself with, you know, good and competent advisors. Um, so in that instance, you know, really making sure that you're surrounding yourself with good good accountants and making sure that, you know, you're paying your taxes annually. Um, and, you know, with some of those people, they, you know, they try to skirt a little too much, but um, skirt the, the language of the law a little too much. But just making sure that, you know, you surround yourself with good advisors. Okay. Do you have any advice on decreasing tax liability? Um, yeah. I mean, generally, uh, if you're a service-based industry, you can um, decrease some of your tax liability by, you know, doing an S-corp election if you're an LLC. Um, that'd be one way. I think... You know, it's always a good idea to make sure you're keeping good books from a small business perspective, I mean, if that's what we're looking at. Um, making sure you're keeping good books and expensing things that should be expensed um, as opposed to not doing that at all, right? Yeah. Um, and that way you can lower your you know, overall uh, taxable income. So, but yeah. Because I'm just worried like for people when I hear, this singer owes... Oh, yeah, yeah. So just wondering, and especially with um, the tax reform, mm -hmm. like 
how can business owners protect themselves? Yeah, uh, I, I think <laughs> I think uh, with the tax reform, I mean, it's, it's pretty fresh. So uh, from my perspective, I've kind of been taking a backseat approach. I want to see what other people are going to say, their commentary on it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of commentary on it right now. Um, but, I mean, I think with the... With the singers, I, I think a lot of them, uh, they just don't pay Uncle Sam. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, uh, yeah, then when they come, they act all surprised, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They don't have good advisors around them. Correct, yeah. So, he said you work with mergers and acquisitions as well. Mm-hmm. What was your most interesting deal you negotiated or assisted? Yeah, um, I, mean, I guess I can't really use the specifics of the people involved, but um, I worked on a, a deal for a, a seed development company that was really fun um, involved. You said seed? Seed development, yeah. Um, and it involved, uh, you know, multiple parties who were acquiring it. And so um, not only were we negotiating the transactional documents for the particular acquisition, but we were also negotiating uh, the ongoing organizational documents for, for the company as well. So, um, you know, that was, that was a really fun deal, which most people would probably think that's pretty lame. But just... just there was a lot of negotiating going back and forth, um, and just so that was that was really fun from a, from an M and A standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Was it like a million billion dollar deal? No, just... no. I think it was like three. It was is the largest one I had worked on, but uh, I think it was like three and a half million. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So in this deal. First of all, you look pretty young. I am young. Okay. I'm very young, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what did you gain that now you feel like oh, you're the best business attorney or about to be the best business yeah. attorney here now? Um, probably pretty low on that. Um, uh, I, I, think, um, I think what I've learned the most is just it's really about just kind of managing your client's expectations and, and making sure that you're hitting those expectations. Um, and that's not just from that deal. That's just from, in general, just from practicing um, and making sure you're keeping them informed, uh, not over-informing them, but making sure that they know uh, and you're providing, you know, just a great service. I think that's what, that's a lot of what makes up a really, really good attorney. So, yeah. So that's the art of the deal? Uh, yeah, I haven't read that book, so I, I wouldn't know. I uh, No, no, yeah. So, what are your um, ultimate goals as a business attorney? Um, oof, because yeah. you're so young. Yeah, I'm so young. I haven't really even thought of that too much. Um, I just think, like you know, with anybody in any particular profession, you just want to become. Um, extremely competent and able to, um, you know, handle all in any aspects of, of a deal or a project or whatever you're working on. I think now, in, especially in the next couple of years, I think that's, that's probably, you know, my, my big goal. Um, my ultimate goals, I mean, I, I 
probably personally i should probably think about that a little bit right uh oh, i'm sorry <laughs> i don't want to cause a midlife crisis <laughs> oh geez uh, nowhere near midlife um hopefully not uh but yeah I, I guess i haven't really thought about that too much um but yeah that's all right yeah i think we're all growing learning sure changing sure that makes sense whatever yeah all right, so this is one of my favorite parts of the episode. I'm going to give you a ticket, not a real ticket, but kind of like a ticket. And you can go anywhere in the world. Mm. So this is called Who in the World, Where in the World, What in the World. Okay, so Who in the World is, are the people that influenced you to be who you are, or who influenced you to become a business business attorney? That is so hard for me to say. <laughs> business attorney. Yeah. Sorry. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, who are the people who influenced you? Where in the world? I mean, you can be, you can go anywhere in the world, including the universe, including heaven. Someone went to heaven. All right, fine. Okay. Um, where would you go? And you would take these people who influenced you. And what would you do in that place to give honor to the people who influenced you and to carry on your legacy as Corbin Lee and as a great business attorney? Mm -hmm. um, so who, I guess, uh, probably the, be the first part of it. Um, you know, like, I guess it's kind of a, a common answer, but I guess my parents, you know, obviously influenced me a lot to to become an attorney and um, kind of always push that on on to me. Um, I think my wife as well, she's always been so supportive and uh, willing to kind of just move all over the place and um, she's been pretty awesome with that. Um, so those are the, probably the main people. My family, my sister as well, you know, she's been very supportive. Um, yeah, no one else, no one like on Law and Order, a Dateline, or anything like that. Uh, is that right? Is that, is that the question? So, who? Yeah, so where would we go? Uh, I don't know. Um, to pay honor to them? I mean, I know where I would personally like to go on a vacation with my family. Yeah? Uh, where is that? Probably Thailand. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I'm a big fan of Thai food. Um, yes. So, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I would go in the world. I'd like to go to Thailand, but yeah. Same. I've been on this Thai coconut curry kick lately. Okay. So for like the past three weeks, I've been literally cooking the same soup. Oh, every, not every day, but like every week. Uh huh. It's so delicious. Sounds... I'll give it to you later if you okay. care yeah. for it. I would be interested, yeah. Yeah, so that was who in the world, what in the world, and no, who in the world, where in the world, and what in the world would you do? Oh, I didn't say? hit that part. Yeah, not yet. It's all right. What would we do? Um, I think it'd be cool to just, just go to, you know, like... Uh, Just go to like a, a hole in the wall restaurant. And my family were all big into food, so just going to like a hole in the wall restaurant and and hopefully not getting sick, but mm -hmm. and then just like really just chowing down on some some good Thai food. Pretty sweet. That sounds amazing, Corbin. Yeah, it does. 
because I'm a big foodie as well. Yeah. So I would love to go to Thailand. Yeah. Eat a bunch of food and just kick back, have a beer. I I don't think I've ever had a Thai beer. I haven't, no. Thai tea is amazing. Yeah. But no Thai beer. No. I don't think I've had one. Well, your parents, your sister, and your wife, they sound like pretty amazing people. Because from what I've seen, I mean, we just met today, and what I've seen, you seem pretty cool. So, shout out to mom, dad, sister, wife. Okay. Um, Well, before we go, do you have any advice for anyone who is looking to become a business attorney or who's studying or interested in management and corporate finance? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for any of that, I mean, I think a business attorney in that particular realm, it's it's a wide open thing. It's it's as broad interpretation. So I would say to anybody who's out there kind of thinking about that, just keep your mind open as to what that is. Um, you know, be willing to to kind of at your work or your internships take on projects that you may think that you know you're not maybe not even interested in, to just try them and see how that goes. Um, I'd say if you're in law school, which I don't know if a lot of listeners are, but if you are, you know, take classes that are challenging. Don't just take the easy ones. What was, um, pause, what was your most challenging class in law school? Uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with business law. I took federal courts. Um, my professor was, uh, Professor Belia, I think was his name. I clerked for Justice Scalia. What? Um, and wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he would, um, we would argue, and then he would say, that's great. Take my position. Now argue against your position huh. in class. And so, and then it was, you know, obviously cold calling all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the subject matter was, whew, it was very, it was tough, and it was some big issues. So, but I would say, you know, in law school, as you're taking classes, take classes that may relate to business law that you don't think um, you know may you may not practice, but you might enjoy it. So whether that's immigration or that's um, a sports law class or an antitrust class, you know, just taking taking a different class and and trying to kind of immerse yourself in something new. All right. And always always keep your keep your mind open to trying new things. Yes. I would have to agree with that. Yeah. All right, then. Well, Corbin, I thank you so much for connecting with me. Um, Where can connectors find you? Yeah, so um, the office location where I work is in Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, So if you just head on Main Street, you can find me there. Uh, Obviously, online, goodwinelaw.com. Check out the attorneys. Uh, They can find me there. Um, and then, uh, I, um, whatever you, whatever you like. Sure. So you can shoot me an email as well. Uh, hopefully we'll edit that pause out. Uh, you can shoot me an email as well at, uh, corbin.lee at goodwinelaw.com if you have any questions. Okay. All right, Corbin. Any last words? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Thanks.
All right. Um, and connectors, you know where to connect with me. You can find me on my website, ampsconnected.com, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitter. Did I say that already? If I didn't, I'm going to say it again. Twitter, at Amps Connected, or if you want to just shoot me an email or be part of the show, you can email me info.ampsconnected at gmail.com. Until then, you know what to do. Stay connected.